Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend, founder, and CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, as founders, we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up over the quality of our ideas, right? Particularly at that really, really early stage where we've just come up with the idea, um, we're trying to get onto something new, um, and it's that really early kind of raw clay stage. And sure. we spend a lot of times really, really beating ourselves up uh, over our own feedback on the idea, over other people's feedback on the idea. Um, how many... How many companies, big companies, like well-known companies can you name that started off as great ideas? None of them. <laughs> They're all <laughs> dumb ideas, right? Yeah. Let's yep. go through the list. Let's go through the list of how many dumb ideas started off. And ludicrous at the time, what's so funny is people have revisionist history, right? Like sure. now they look back and say, well, that makes complete sense. Uber made complete sense. sense. No, right. it didn't. I no. remember when Travis was <laughs> running around LA trying to talk to folks like Jason Calacanis, who famously uh, invested, and people were like, wait, what? Yeah. You're going to yeah. have strangers getting other people's cars, and that's just going to work right. out okay? You're nuts, yeah. right? Doesn't sound like a good idea. Right. Or, or, or I'll give my feedback. Mid-90s, eBay. So let me get this yeah. straight. Anyone that takes a picture or downloads a picture of a Rolex watch <laughs> can say that they own a Rolex watch and we'll yep. get money for it, and it may or right. may not show up at somebody's house, that is a yep. terrible idea. Yeah. yeah. Kind of worked well out. well for eBay and PayPal, right? But like, this is going to work for anybody else. Didn't seem so at the time, right? Yeah. The list goes on. Airbnb. Yeah. So let me get right. this straight. Right. You're going to let people rent out <laughs> spare rooms in their house. How yeah. long before somebody winds up dead, right? In an Airbnb, like a week, right? That sounds right. like that would never possibly work. Um, One of the U.S.'s most famous serial killers ran a rooming house, right? Like that was that was where most of our victims came from, right? <laughs> like, it's such a it, bad idea. There was a lot idea. of evidence it was a bad idea, right? Right. Um, or, or things that weren't a bad idea; they just weren't a, like a great idea, like sure, Facebook sure. being a yearbook app for Harvard, right? Like right. that doesn't sound like the social network audience. that's going to change everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and yet it is. I think the problem that we have as founders, especially for founders who haven't done this before. Yeah. which is most of them. Right. Is that, why would you have? Right, right. Why, do, why would you have? We're at a point where we think, because we imagine this, this actually isn't true. We think that we have to have this genius idea because yeah. we think Airbnb or Uber or Facebook or even eBay back in the day was the idea today that it was back then, that they had yeah. this vision Just for it. Absolutely. I always tell policy. people, we're using Google version 1000 at this point. Right. right? Google was <laughs> nothing absolutely like true. it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, they, when they put it together. And, and if you do a little bit of your homework on that one, you'll find out that the Google guys were looking to sell all of Google back in the day to Excite, which doesn't even yep. exist anymore, right. for a million dollars. That's how, that's how confident they were that Google was going to be the juggernaut that it is today. Right. How excited do you think history. Excite is that they missed that one? Right. Oh my God. Right. I mean, <laughs> although arguably, awesome. arguably under under their guidance, uh, we we may not have ended up with version one thousand of Google. Um, so who knows what we'd be doing right yeah, now? Yeah. Who knows? But look, right. Today, today, let's talk about how ludicrous this idea that I have to have a great idea in order to build a startup is. And let's also more importantly talk about why it's ludicrous. Like, like, like yeah. what actually happens? How do, how do dumb ideas go on to become great ideas? And what is that process? Kind of dig into that a little bit. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know 
what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Sure, sure. No, I think I think that's, that's perfect. Um, I sort of see two major flavors of this where there's startup founders get stuck on this idea that like my idea needs to be better. And there, there's sort mm-hmm. of two, two major versions of this that I see. The one is I'm just going to keep thinking and, and iterating until I have the final great idea. And then there's the founder who, who does recognize that like what it is today isn't what it's going to be 10 years from now, but they end up stuck in the same problem, which is that they they want to figure out what that end point looks like. They want right. the, the 10 years down the road version before they start. Now they're like, I need to know where I'm going. I have to have my North Star. I have to have my this, which like, I agree with all that stuff. Right. It'd be nice to have, but let's be realistic about how far we can push that um, before before we, we actually start, right? Because I think that's... You know, we can talk about what we think the, the major pain points around this are. Um, but I, you and I have talked about this for sure. We hate to see founders not start because of this. And that happens the all problem. the time, right? That's the issue. If you never actually start moving forward, the idea is never going to change enough or in the right ways to actually get you where you want to go. So you're, you're actually it's counterintuitive, but by, by starting off with a dumb idea, you iterate and you get there faster, right? If you right, just, if you're exactly. like, I'm just going to keep thinking and I'll wait to start until I've got the right one that'll catch in the market and we'll move forward. You never end up starting and you never end up polishing the stone and you're just stuck with what you've got. Um, and it never goes anywhere. And to me, like, that's the, the saddest thing is that I, dumb ideas die on the vine that could have grown into something really cool. You bet. And so imagine if all of those founders of all those companies we just listed, failed to start because they looked at the idea in its current form. Everybody gave them terrible feedback, which by the way, some dumb ideas are just dumb ideas. Some dumb ideas are dumb ideas, right? right. (laughs) But what's missing there, ideas are a process. Ideas are not a final step, right? We don't just have the brilliant idea at the start. We have the formation of an idea. And that idea will change a thousand times like every major company ever has until it becomes the great idea that it'll be. I think part of this, and I'll I'll just, you know, kind of add this as well. We also assume that the great idea must also have a great founder. We always forget that many of the founders that we're talking about were like in study hall in high school a few, you know, years (laughs) before they started these companies. They were by no means qualified. Dumb idea, totally unqualified founder for the biggest companies out there today. And so if you can't see a pattern here, you're overlooking how ideas actually develop. Ideas develop as a process. We have the start of an idea and we say to ourselves, I can't possibly know where this is going to wind up. I can't possibly know how many trips of fate that it's going to take in order for me to get to where I need to be. But I know that I have to start the ball rolling. If I fail to start, I'll never end. It's kind of that simple. Right. That's, that's the, that's the first failure, right? And it's the one right, that dooms the, the startup to, to ultimate failure is just simply not starting, right? Nobody can say right from the beginning, again, some, some ideas are just dumb ideas, but even those need to take a couple steps before, before they trip, falter and fail, right? Um, right. Because 
you know, we've, we've seen this and again, like, because you don't know how things are going to evolve, uh, evolve, right? right? Sometimes it's the idea that needs to evolve. Sometimes it's the market at large that needs to evolve or some piece of infrastructure. Like if we look at right. um, Netflix as an example, right? Where they're like, okay, um, we're going to ship people DVDs by mail. Ultimately that wasn't right. What they became, but they couldn't become a, a streaming service because of the time, um, the proliferation of bandwidth, uh, broadband internet wasn't, wasn't fully there yet. Not everybody was on it. So streaming just wasn't possible for a vast majority. And it was too much of a leap in change in behavior. People were used to DVDs. It's what they wanted. It was higher quality. So you had, you know, some of the video files wouldn't have accepted the, um, the, the streaming anyways, but that was out of their hands, right? They needed broadband to catch up with them. They needed streaming technology to catch up with them, um, before they could do that. Were they thinking about it at the time? I'll never know, right? They, they, maybe they've, they've talked about that somewhere. I've, I've never seen it. But that idea evolved as the market evolved. If they had just said like, you know what? Mailing people DVDs is not the long-term business we want to be in. It doesn't make any sense. We're not going to start because, you know, we can't ship it by the internet. We can't get it to people instantly like we really want to. So let's just not do it. It doesn't make any sense. We're just making this incrementally better. So let's just not do it. Right. right. That would have been a huge miss on their part. Been a huge failure. Huge. And I'd have to drive to video stores still, which seems like so <laughs> ludicrous now, right? Um, so it, I'm glad it, they it I'm does. glad they stuck with it, right? Well, uh, you know, Ryan, there actually was an interview. I'll never forget this. It just kind of like stuck with me. There's an interview with Reed Hastings in the very very early mm -hmm. days, and uh, and they said, "Why is the company called Netflix? Shouldn't you be called Mailflix?" And right. he, he said, "He said it's Netflix because the goal is to be able to deliver these." over the internet. That's right. Over, That's right. So they mailboxes. did give evidence of this. But, I just forgot on. about it. Yeah. And I'll never forget at the time they were like, you're out of your mind. Right. <laughs> and it just, yep. and this is like 99, 2000 yeah. ish. And to be yep. fair, like people still had dial up accounts. Right. That so was it. Right. The concept of, of being able to deliver movies, anything close to what we have now was absolutely ludicrous. Right. And, but what was interesting to me was what he was thinking was people are going to want a on-demand way for movies. Now, right now, I got to sure. ship them through the mail. Not the coolest way to right. do it, but that's what I got to do right now. But I want to be an on-demand service provider. Yeah. When I say it was a dumb idea, how he was going about it, mailing DVDs, compared to what he actually wanted to do, was dumb, right? Yep. But often, but. it's a step toward the mechanism you're actually trying to get toward. And I think yes. people overlook that. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, and like you said, it, it's a problem with revisionist history, right? We look at the final product and then we go, and then we start to compare our idea to the final products that we're looking at around us. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. We've talked about this before, like comparing your startup to another startup 
is a surefire way to make yourself feel worse about your startup. <laughs> like, there's, there's no better way to, to feel bad about yourself than to take somebody else's Instagram version of how they built their company and compare it to what you're going through. You're never going to feel good about that. Stop doing it. It doesn't make any sense. That's a dumb idea. Um, right. And that won't get better with time. If you keep doing that, you'll keep being miserable. So it's, it's about recognizing that none of those companies started anywhere near where they were, right? And we don't need to right. f- you know, flog the horse here, but it's, it is worth hammering on a bit. It didn't start that way. And in most cases, like, so they had the vision for delivering um, via the net. So they had a version of what that looked like, but they couldn't be clear on that. They certainly wouldn't have told us um, that by 2021, you'd be streaming 4K UHD because that yeah, didn't right. even exist then, right? Like exactly. what we're doing now, we have better quality than we were getting on DVD at the time, right? Which was one right. of the other things that, you know, there was one of the other, the, the concern points, like, will we ever be able to deliver the, the, the level of quality and in a, in a reasonable amount of time, right? If it's actually sure. at that time, based on, it, it was funny, I remember seeing a comparison um, at some point someone did at the time they started mailing them, it was actually faster to mail them than to download a movie via dialogue. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Well, so it, you know, again, like the market matures, the idea matures much in the same way that we grow up over time. So do our ideas, but we have right. to give them that time and we have to give them the practice. Right. Uh, we don't learn by just sitting around and thinking about stuff, right? We have to experience, we have to try, we have to fail. Um, we have to be dumb and that's how we get smarter, right? It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I agree. I, I think people have this, this, this concept as founders, we have this concept because again, we haven't done this before. Why would you, um, that ideation and, and the development of our, of our company's idea is a yeah. fundamentally linear process. So, so here's how uh, people yeah. think it works, right? <laughs> I have, the, the start of a really great idea. Of course, it's small. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Mark Zuckerberg at Harvard, and so I'm just doing the yearbook app for now. But I'm yep. fairly confident that this is just Gen 1, and it'll just eventually become Facebook. Yeah. That is not at all how it works, right? Here's how it works. I start, actually, I'll use our own example at, at startups.com. Sure, um, that's a good idea. 10 years ago, we had no idea we'd be what we are today. Hell, a year oh. ago, we didn't know we were going to you know, be <laughs> where we are today. Yep. So I just want to be very yeah. clear. And we've done this forever. Yeah. And so uh, 10 years ago, we got started because we knew we wanted to work with startups for the rest of our lives, but we didn't know how to do it. And yeah. we looked at it and said, um, we don't want to be a, like a, a venture firm, um, just not our style. Uh, we don't want to be a consultant. So we we're trying to figure out how do we spend time with founders all day long. At yeah. the time, crowdfunding was really starting to like become a thing. It was early, yep. early, early days, like really 2010, early. 2011. But we said, let's start there. It's not exactly all of what we want to do, but it gets us in the game. It gets us talking it to the founders all point. day. That's it. With, yeah, it's, exactly, it, right? It gets us in the game, right? It, it, was, it was a hot topic at the time, um, so we knew we'd be able to drive interest around it. There was already interest around right. it. We'd just be able to capture that. And that was sort of all that mattered, right? It was right. like, are we going to end up in the room with the people that we want to be spending our time with? That was all that mattered to us at that point. Like, what 100%. room are they going to? We'll follow them, right? That was sort of what we did at that point was we followed the market and we said, where are they going to be? we'll go meet them there and we can iterate. Um, I, and I don't know if you remember, but like we have some really funny old PDFs and, and photos of whiteboard sessions where we did do a bit of, of sort of product road mapping um, and thinking about, you know, what does this thing look like uh, by the time we're done? And it's funny to look at, you know, sort of where we were right and where we were wrong. Um, right. And there's a lot of both. Right. And, and point, right. You're, you're going to, 
draw some inferences. You're going to draw some vectors. Some of them are going to hit and some of them aren't. And that's okay. That's how you figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, to your point, it's what got us in the game. If we had not done that, if we'd been it like, did. let's sit around and wait, let's wait a year and see if crowdfunding takes off the way we hope that it will. And then we'll jump in. We never would have jumped because a year in, we would have been like, hmm, this isn't moving as fast as we thought. This isn't going to be the business that we wanted to build. Um, not worth entering. Right. So right. it's, it, you just, hindsight is so, so clear. It's so easy to see how easy it would have been to fall off that path and to not move forward. Um, I'm super glad that we did, but it's, um, it, it, it took some vision and some luck, uh, to put us where we are. Well, I want to talk about what would actually happen during the process, right? Things that we couldn't have possibly, uh, you know, foretold. Um, first was we got into crowdfunding again. It was, it was hot at the time. Kickstarter was starting to become a thing. Indiegogo was starting to become a thing. Equity crowdfunding was becoming a thing. And, and so we had the momentum, right? Exciting. However, we found out what was it, a year and a half into it that this wasn't going to be that big of a thing. Uh, you know, little known fact, I don't think Kickstarter has grown in like five or six or seven years. Or same with Indiegogo, right? Any of them, right? And we saw it before they peaked. And even when everybody was sweating those companies, and again, we weren't doing crowdfunding the way they were, but even within equity, it was even worse. And we looked around and we're like, you know what? There aren't that many people investing in these companies. There's a million companies that want to raise money but if you look at the number of people that are willing to invest, it's just not that many. So here's what we did. We zoomed out and we said, what do we like about what we're doing right now? Okay, well, from the start, we still love working with founders. We love helping solve our problems. We're on the phone with them all day long because it's a big part of how you do crowdfunding. You know, you talk to the, the companies and kind of vet them, et cetera. And it turned out that that was what the game changer was. It was just essentially our sales and consulting arm that changed everything for us because they said, you know what? These founders, the ones that want to raise with us, they can't use our platform. They don't have a business plan. They don't have a pitch deck. They don't have, you know, anything in this collateral. And that's when we said, oh, shit, like, we need to be solving all those problems, too. And that was the genesis of startups.com, where we started to say, let's build a platform for the whole startup journey. And that, that was a hard right turn that we had no idea was in the cards a couple years prior. But we had to get in the game and get the momentum going. Right. Uh, with, without that, we never would have known the answers to all those questions around which parts of this are, are we actually enjoying? Which parts of this do we excel at? Which parts of this are the most valuable to the clients? Right. There right. is no way to sit around and whiteboard your way into that. You cannot right. do it. It's not possible. Uh, so, you know, we, we fortunately stuck around long enough, you know, took enough lumps um, that we sort of figured out which direction we need to move in. And, and then we did that, right? But, you know, it did not start out as the idea that you, you see now at startups.com, not even close, right? And, and even as we look back to those early kind of projection maps and things that we were, we were thinking about iterating on, more than half of it never came to fruition because it didn't need to. You know, Ryan, I, I agree. But, you know, when we think about where we stand with dumb ideas and kind of what they offer us. And it sounds silly to think this, but like they actually do have some redeeming qualities. You know, one of those things is we're not married to it. And when we're not married to the idea, it fundamentally forces us to keep iterating on the idea. You know, when we think it's a great idea, we hold on to it too tightly. When we think it's a dumb idea, we push away from it. We test more things. We try to figure out exactly where the good idea might be. And I think that's the value in starting with, you know, what we're going to call dumb ideas. The value 
is being able to step back and saying, this idea needs to go through a hundred iterations, maybe a thousand before it becomes a great idea. And I'm going to keep pushing from now until then until it becomes that great idea. And the whole team is going to get behind it. And that's how we actually find a great idea. All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but, you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.